Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. Uh, happy to have you join us for episode 17. Whether you're joining us via podcast or you're watching on YouTube, and if you are not watching on YouTube, I encourage you to go back and check it out at least for the first 30 seconds because, hi Jim, uh, you look interesting. And <laughs> I, I see, and I know why you do. Why I do. I... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, tell everyone why you look interesting. As I, I, I do, I, uh, I was going to try to share audio too and uh, play a little theme song for you, but um, it, it was giving me trouble earlier, so I decided against that. But uh, I have my Chicago Bears uh, bear head on my head uh, because the Bears uh, are 1-0 and and in first place in the NFC North, and I don't know how long that's going to last, so I'm going to claim it. Um, I'm also going to take this thing off because it's not really that comfortable. Got these little knob things in it that push on my head but anyways um yeah my, my bears beat your lions on sunday uh terrible drop pass at the end of the game for the lions um lions you know in all likelihood should have won that game of course you know it comes down to don't blow a 10 point or a more than a 10 point lead with three minutes to go in the game um so don't put yourself in a position where yonder swift has to catch that ball but nonetheless i just had to poke a little fun and have some fun it's fair. It's fair. I, d- I deserve it after last week. So we're we're not a football podcast, but you know we we got to have a little fun every once in a while. And um, since the Bears beat the Lions, I thought thought I'd have a little fun at Tom's expense here this morning, the, the today here while we record. But uh, we are here to talk pro wrestling as always. Um, other things randomly find their way into the show as well. Um, I I. I laugh because uh, one of the podcasts that I listen to every week uh, is the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Uh, and if you don't listen to it and you like wrestling figures like Tom and I do, I strongly encourage it. Uh, but they joke about the fact that, you know, they don't just talk about wrestling figures. Now they've also branched out a little bit into like G.I. Joe and some other toy lines, but they talk about those briefly. They don't spend as much time. But there's always different things that come randomly flying in as you're talking about the topics at hand. I'm like, yeah. I, that's exactly how our podcast works too. So um, we have a, a schedule and a topic or topics, and then who knows the tangents we might fly off on at some point. Uh, but today we've got uh, four main topics we want to want to cover. Um, so let's jump in first. Uh, we talked the I think the end of last week uh, last week's show about the New Japan G1 Climax 30 um, coming up. It starts this Saturday. And at that point, we had the participants announced, but we did not have the schedule of matches uh, fully announced yet. And those have since been announced. Um, and Tom and I are actually in a group uh, that is doing a, a pick for this. We've got, uh, looks like it'll be 10 people uh, who have submitted all 93 picks, 90 one-on-one matches, um, and then the Block A and Block B winners and the overall winner. Uh, easily the largest pick I think I have ever taken part in as far as how many picks you got to make. Uh, I would say the NCAA tournament would be the, the next closest thing. Uh, but this one, it took a long time to put it together too, for the, <laughs> for total honesty, because I went and decided to be fancy about it and put pictures and everything in there. But, um, so it was Tom, cool. It was totally uh, cool. I, I appreciate you. your efforts. Thanks. I, I, you know, I start on something and then I go, Ooh, look shiny. I can do this too. And, um, <laughs> But uh, if you're listening to this and it's before Saturday morning, uh, before midnight, Friday night, Saturday morning, and you want to get in on this, um, shoot us an email, uh, twospotmonkeys at gmail.com, and uh, let us know. I can get you the link. It's 10 bucks, winner take all. It'll be fun. But um, 
So, Tom, now the matches have been announced. Uh, you and I have both made our picks for that pool. So, so we we're not going to go pick by pick because this would be a nine hour podcast. But um, we we had some interesting um, realizations. We kind of had two different ways that we approached this. So, uh, Tom, why don't you talk about kind of how you approached your picks and and things that you saw along the way? Yeah, for sure. So this week is really going fast for me, just in terms of all of the moving parts of my life. So I wanted to make sure yesterday I spent some time getting this submitted. Uh, and I was really optimistic uh, and hopeful I was going to be able to maybe watch some New Japan before, just to kind of get a little bit of up to speed on the product. When I realized that wasn't going to be possible, I went back and looked at some results and tried to get a gist of where things are at. So, like, even though I still want to go watch the Summer Stadium show, um, which there's a lot of title changes on that show, I just realized. Um, I tried to just, you know, use that as a, as a launching point to, to help make picks with, again, like we talked about last week, a lot of guys are coming back. So that's super cool um, to have some New Japan blood, but fresh blood since they've relaunched in uh, in June and July back into the scene. So I actually went match by match and kind of did a tally, you know, for every win, it's plus two points all the way down through the end. So either I will have overthought this greatly and be way off the mark, or this strategy will actually prove to be, if if my picks are correct in the end, um, a, a good exercise. So um I'll, I'll I'll give my I'll give my block A block B winner and my my final winner and then I'll just give a little context for how I got there. So um, in block A I have Jay White winning. I have actually a three way tie in block A with points, but Jay Y Jay White wins by uh, by like the tiebreaker head to head. And I'll talk about that momentarily. Block B I have Sonata winning, uh, also a tie there. Um, but again, that the the head-to-head tiebreaker is what gets him in. So, and then Jay White versus Sonata in the final, uh, and Jay White winning that overall. Uh, so the three in Block A that I have um, with with all of the same points, uh, and hopefully one of these doesn't come back to bite me like it did for the New Japan Cup. Uh, Jay White, uh, Kazuchika Okada, and Shingo Takagi, uh, and. Just to kind of talk about, you know, the the why um, or the how, um, I'm pretty sure that I have Jay White beating Okada. I'm actually I have my document pulled up, so I'm gonna actually just verify real quick. Um, I have White beating Takagi. I have White beating Okada. So he 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 will have the head-to-head win over both um, in, in in the matches. There, I don't have Jay White winning everything, of course. Uh, and then uh, for Okada. I have him, uh, again, of course, losing to White, but um, beating Takagi when they square off uh, in October, um, which is why he slots second there. Um, it does play itself out to the last day of the tournament. So the last day for Block A has Okada versus Will Ospreay, Ishii versus Jay White, and Takagi versus Suzuki. Um, so again, if if... If the picks as I've made them shake out, you know, you know, Jay White losing to Ishii there could have obviously have put someone else ahead of him. So, so that's that. Um, on Block B, it's a little bit more simple for me. Um, and actually, it's funny because I know when we talked last week, we were kind of really like Block A is like the sexiest block. It's like 
so many good guys. Man, as I got into doing picks on Block B, like I really like started to fall more in love with Block B without a doubt. Uh, so I have Sonata winning that block, as I mentioned, and tied actually points wise with, with Kenta, but I have him actually winning the head to head match with Kenta um, to get him in that spot um, uh, based on the tiebreaker. I have Kenta beating Naito on the last day of the tournament to, to, to make that tie happen. And then I have Sonata beating Evil, which is what pushes him over. So again, a little bit of drama there, if that is actually how it plays out in the world of New Japan, because on that last day, um, you do have those two matches I just mentioned. So I'm, I'm excited. I, I actually plan to, um, as best I am able, stay spoiler-free on, on this and watch them all in succession and, uh, and finally make use of the last two-ish months or so where I've paid for the New Japan World subscription and literally not watched a second of it. So that's my strategy. We'll see what happens. Jim, I'd love to hear how you came to your decision on your picks. And uh, and also, again, I have inside info, but the, what, what strategy did you choose? <laughs> I didn't. That was my problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I, you know, my strategy, honestly, was I just went through the picks. Um, I had thought about doing the tally situation like you did. Uh, and I, th I think that's a really strong way to do it because it makes sense. Um, and it helps you just kind of build to where, well, if the matches go the way I think they do, then this is what it means in the final is. And, and then who do you think wins the final? Um, I didn't do that. So I just picked the winners uh, that I thought were going to win each match. I tried to think about things that make sense for uh, maybe future. Um, for instance, I know I had Shingo uh, beating Minoru Suzuki because Suzuki beat him for the never open weight title. I thought Shingo getting a win back, you know, potentially sets up a rematch for them down the road um, for that. Uh, I had Jay White, um, who I have winning the G1. Um, so you and I agree on that with Jay White. Um, that would also be good for me in our fantasy wrestling league because I own Jay White. But, um, but I had Jay White winning. Uh, so I think I had him lose... Well, I know I had him lose to Okada um, with the thought that then he has to defend that uh, that briefcase against Okada because usually uh, the winner of the G1 has to defend that briefcase, usually against the people they lost to in the G1 uh, along the way between now and, and Wrestle Kingdom. So I thought, you know, sets up another white Okada match. You know, obviously everybody could kind of think, well, could Okada win that briefcase because you can never count Okada out for being in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, so... Uh, you know, I thought I, I did some of that kind of thing and, and I came up with Jay White without doing the tally, uh, Jay White and evil in the, uh, finals. It's a heel heel final. Uh, we talked about, you know, with the new Japan cup, does it kind of create another problem, you know, from a faction? And, and I tried to play that out as well because evil Kenta and evil and Kenta are in the same block. And then you have Jay White as well. So I was trying to play kind of that bullet club leadership thing out a little bit. Um, so I have Jay White beating Evil in the finals. After the fact, after I've submitted, and we have it set up uh, in a way, uh, I, I set it up in a way where you cannot go back in and edit your picks once you've submitted them. Um, I did that intentionally because I don't want to try to police that um, after the fact, uh, once the tournament starts. So it's just easier to say, you know what, make your picks, and you're done. Write them out. Uh, what's that? Write them out. Write, write your picks out. Right, right. 
and and if you, you aren't sure yet, then don't some don't don't do it just yet. You got until midnight on Friday night. So uh, so after the fact, I did go through and do the tally situation and and do the two points for every win and that sort of thing, um, and found out that my picks do not lead to Jay White and Evil in the finals. Um, in fact, they don't lead to either Jay White or Evil being in the finals. So that's problematic for the pool. Um, hopefully I'm just a little bit off on some matches and, and you will get me there. Uh, Jay White and Evil did finish second uh, with 16 points each, so only losing one match each. Um, I actually, and I did not intend to do this, but uh, I have Kazushka Okada in the A block and Kenta in the B block. Um, and I have them both running the table, which I did not intend to do. But both <laughs> going 9-0. Uh, that's a problem because I don't see that happening. Uh, <laughs> it's It's rare. I don't know if it's it's probably happened in the G1. Um, I'd have to do some research to see. I remember that Shingo did it, the best of the Super Juniors, a couple of years back. Uh, but I don't I don't foresee Okada or Kenta running the table, so I know I'm wrong on a couple of those matches. Um, I do have Jay White and Evil as second, like I said, with 16 points each. Uh, and then just going down, Kota Ibushi and Shingo in block A have 12 points each uh, to tie for third. And my third place in block B is Sonata. Um, I would probably, well, I picked Evil to win the block. I would probably have Sonata second and then Kenta probably third or maybe Sonata and Kenta tied for second since that's not a, a problem to have a tie there. Um, if I, you know, if I really thought of, if, if we had to pick all 10 in each block, that's probably how I would set them. Um, so it's interesting to see that my picks didn't quite head up the way I thought. Uh, I do only have one person never winning a match in the G1 this year, and that's Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, I did give uh, one win each to Juice Robinson and Toro Yano, and I actually only have Jeff Cobb winning one match, which, again, I, I don't expect him to be anywhere near the top of the block, but I kind of feel like he's probably going to win more than one match. So I only have him beating Yujiro and... Um, I picked Juice Robinson over him. Like, what? What am I doing? Um, somebody or not? It was a Juice. No, Juice isn't in that block. Um, tai Chi and and yeah, I don't know. Tai Chi's one of the tag champs though, so I think he's going to do okay in this thing. Anyways, I'm rambling on. Jay White, I think, wins this thing. That was my pick last week. It's still my pick. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. Jay White and Naito sounds like a good Wrestle Kingdom main event to me. Uh, and then I think it, it sets White up. I think White continues on as the leader of Bullet Club. I think he makes a lot more sense than either Kenta or Evil. Now, do they fall in line and, you know, become good soldiers? I don't know. Uh, I feel like Kenta, probably not. He might kind of break off on his own. I could see that. Um, but Evil would be awful soon to pull him away from Bullet Club. So we'll see what happens there. I'm excited. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to try to stay spoiler-free. Um, I have to remember to stay off Twitter before I see these things because Twitter is the worst place in the world for wrestling spoilers because mainly because of the number of wrestling accounts that I follow on Twitter. Um, so I, I have to remember, I usually try to hide that icon. I, I create a folder on my phone and put that in Facebook in a folder. So I have to like do two or three clicks to get into them. So I stop myself and go, Oh, that's right. There's a reason I'm not doing this. Um, Facebook sometimes is bad, but Twitter is really bad for spoilers. So hopefully Saturday, I'm hoping I'll, I'll get a couple hours to be able to watch that. That show Sunday is a little bit of a crapshoot. It might be Monday before I catch Sunday's show. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You and I both love tournaments. 
the round robin style of this tournament specifically, I love because uh, our friend Rob made up, made the point that uh, you can't lose your finals guy in the first round, like uh, someone I know did in the New Japan Cup pick'em. Uh, okay, we both lost the finals. You won, you lost your winner, and I lost one of my finals guys in the first round. Um, so that can't happen here, even if you know Jay White were to lose on the first day. Um, doesn't mean he can't win the whole darn thing. So uh, we've seen, I think last year, if I remember right, Abushi won last year. Is that right? Yeah, Kota Abushi won. And I think his storyline, or it might have been Naito the year before, um, they lost a lot early and then had to win kind of the rest of their matches to win the thing. Uh, so we could see that play out with somebody too, just because, like I said, your winner loses on night one doesn't mean they're gone. So I love this thing. I can't wait. It's going to be some good stuff over the next month. I'm excited to see Osprey back and Cobb back and, and Jay White and and some of those folks to really round out this new Japan new Japan roster. Uh, give them pretty much everybody back in the pool. Almost everybody. Uh, I think it's going to be fun, Tom. It will be, and, and depending on when and how we record next week and uh, the timing of what we've seen or not seen, well, at least we'll talk a little bit about this. Uh, you know, it might not be the most current, but uh, it'll be fun to at least have some initial like reflections on you know surprises or not surprises or trends or things of that nature. So that'll be cool. Right, I agree. It'll it'll be fun, and yeah, our hope is uh, as we go through the G one here, uh, we'll we'll give updates kind of on how we're doing and our picks, um, and and also. Um, just kind of thoughts along the way. And like Tom said, we'll try to stay as current as we can, but real life gets in the way sometimes of being able to watch that. And um, and the fact that it's in Japan. And so watching it live is not really an option for either one of us uh, most of the time. Yeah, I've already been told by my wife, you're not allowed to wake up at 4 a.m. to watch wrestling. Well, that just seems like a rule that doesn't need to be made, but that's <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, my wife would probably look at me strangely too if I told her I was getting up at four in the morning. Although you never know, January fourth could happen. Um, it's Wrestle Kingdom, maybe. Um, I'm not a morning guy though. So, anyways, uh, anything else on the G1, Tom? That you want to hit on? No, no. Excited. Uh, let's hope we're both right, and let's hope I'm just a tad bit more right than you. Right. Absolutely. Uh, no, actually not right. Uh, I hope we're both right, but I hope I'm a tad bit more right than you. Uh, let's go evil. That's uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm going off the fact that he won new Japan cup. And so that means he'll do well in the G one, but I, evil, I think is going to be an interesting story to watch here because he did win the new Japan cup. He won the titles and then lost them pretty much right away uh, or very quickly. So what do they do with evil to re reestablish him or where does he fall in the line? I, I think he's going to be an interesting one to watch here in the tournament. So I hope that I'm right that they rebuild him strong um, and get him into the finals. So uh, next thing we wanted to look at is over the last week and really the last few months, but especially the last week, there's been a lot of chatter online about um, does AEW have too much ex WWE talent? Um, are they relying too much on guys that WWE didn't want anymore and released or, or they left, you know, there's a few of them that asked for their releases and, and got them. Um, I've got some numbers that we can look at, Tom. Um, I don't know if we want to start with those or just kind of initial thoughts on this. I mean, so it seems like the initial thought, at least I have, and, and let me know if I'm way off the mark, but Miro, it seems like Miro is the guy that, that, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. 
he comes out as the best man, and then all of a sudden, this is what I'm I'm seeing this narrative or this this opinion being uh, being more buzzworthy than it had been previously. Am, am I am I off base on that? Or I, I think it definitely reignited it. Um, there was a little bit of it with Matt Cardona uh, when he came, I think, but I think it's reignited it that you know the feeling among those who are complaining about it, I think is that each of their big reveals or debuts lately have been ex WWE guys on the flip side of that. Who else do they want to have debut? Right. That's just it. Um, you know, nobody's coming over from Japan right now, so that's not happening. Um, or, or it seems that way. Who's out on the Indies that isn't in AEW. That, that would make a splash. I know we have we have friends who are very, very involved in the independent scene and very tuned into who's hot and, and really good in the ring and deserves a, a spot to shine. But would that person come in, make everybody go, oh my gosh, we got to watch AEW because AJ Gray, for instance, is a name I know. Um, I haven't seen a lot of AJ Gray, but I know he gets a lot of buzz, you know, because AJ Gray's on AEW. There would be a small sampling of people that'd be like, wow, that's really cool. He's getting this opportunity. I want to watch him. Great. You know, is the casual wrestling fan going to know AJ Gray? Probably not. Um, now, should he get a chance? Probably, absolutely. I don't know. It's you know, would him being the best man have been better? Wouldn't have gotten the attention. Um, I, I think Miro coming in is awesome. Um, I think Miro as Rusev was criminally underused in WWE. They built him wonderfully until that match with John Cena. And I'm even okay with Cena winning that match at WrestleMania when Rusev came out on the tank. That was awesome. Um, back at, at the, what was that? 29, I think it was WrestleMania. Um, whichever one the was outside, I think in San Francisco um, or where Santa Clara. But um, after that, they kind of just, he, middled around in the mid mid card and and then he got got himself over with rusev day and they still didn't really do anything with it i mean it was a it was on every week it was a featured segment you know it was him and him and aiden english you could really push the guy and he's good in the ring um so i think signing miro made a ton of sense um yeah i don't know who else they want so let me throw some numbers at you tom just um, see what you you think. Let me close out my G1 scoring that proves that I don't know what I'm doing there. Um, but uh, so according to AEW's website, I went off their roster and I added one male who was not on their roster listed there because apparently he's not officially signed. Um, and I did on the female side add two females um, as well. But anyways, on the men's side, there are 62 men uh, who are listed as AEW male wrestlers. 14 of those, I would say, now when I'm saying worked for WWE, I'm talking main card and somewhat somewhat pushed at some point or some featured, not, not just in developmental. Um, they might've been in NXT, you know, that sort of thing. So for instance, Kenny Omega was in WWE de developmental at one point. Brian Cage was in WWE developmental at one point. I don't count them as ex WWE guys. Um, and I don't think anybody would. Um, so I have 14 XWE guys on their roster. I'll just run down them real fast. I won't run down the 48 others because we'll be here forever. But the 14 I have are John Moxley, Brody Lee, Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, Chris Jericho, Cody, Dustin Rhodes, Jake Hager, Matt Hardy, Miro, Pac, Sean Spears, Trent Beretta, 
and Matt Cardona. Cardona is not listed officially on their roster, but I added him uh, because, well, they're picking their spots. I'm wondering if he might be on a, a paper appearance deal because he only seems to appear, you know, once every three or four weeks. Um, I, I listed him because he's, he's there. So you got 48 non-WE, 14 WWE. Now, I also went through then and highlighted who's featured because there are a number of folks uh, who are not featured that much that are listed on their web on their website um and helico and jack evans for instance or um sunny kiss joey janela those kind of guys who are on the non-wb list the ones that i would say are featured now i will say i did not include alex reynolds john silver alan angels as featured you could argue maybe they are with the dark order but i didn't count them as featured um all 14 of the wb former wb guys i think i would call featured at some level sean spears i debated but He's been featured enough that I think I'd count him there. 29 non-WWE guys are featured. Uh, so that's about a third ex-WWE guys, two-thirds uh, non-WWE guys. I don't think that's that out of whack, personally. And and when you gave me that first list to begin with, I think that you could make strong cases against some of those names, even though they have a, a strong WWE history. That they at the time that AEW started, they shouldn't have been considered like a WWE guy. Like Chris Jericho comes to mind. Like I understand, like it's not hard to make that connection, but prior to the launch of AEW and and the the knowledge of Chris Jericho's involvement, there was a pretty big separation there. And I and I think that you could draw a fine enough line to say that his WWE time for at least now, because who knows what will happen in the future, had Sunset. And I think there's a couple of other names on that list too. But it's also easy to say too, it's fair that like guys like Mox and guys like FTR and Brody Lee, who finally were like, look, we're just, we're done. We just want to actually get a, get a shot, get a, get a fair opportunity. Um, you know, you're not, you're not mad when someone leaves Samsung and goes to work for Apple. You know, do you think, do you think there's a tech podcast where they're like, did you see? Did you see the raid? The raid that Apple made on Samsung? They got all the IT guys. If they do, then obviously I'm way out of my lane. But you know, I just can't imagine that's that's the case. And then like, and then you know, the the just like we follow wrestling Twitter, there's like probably tech Twitter, and people are like, "Can you believe it's a massive it's a massive undertaking?" I, you know, I and I totally agree with you. Um, and Jericho, just I pulled up because I was curious as you were saying that I was like, it has been a while. So his last appearance for WWE was at the Greatest Royal Rumble in April of 2018. He was announced with AEW in January of 2019. Um, before April of 2018, though, his last match for WWE before that had been on SmackDown. He lost in a three-way match for the U.S. title uh, to AJ Styles, and Kevin Owens um, was the champion going into that match. Styles won the belt, and that was July of 2017. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, other than that one appearance, um, and he may have had some appearances where he just did a promo or something, um, match-wise, hadn't wrestled a match for WWE, a, a singles triple threat, okay, in two years, or a year and a half, when he was announced for AEW, and then, of course, didn't wrestle for AEW until May um, at Double or Nothing, their first show. So, I agree with that. Cody is another one that I think... Um, Cody as used in WWE versus what Cody built himself to between his WWE time and AEW starting through Ring of Honor and Impact and 
New Japan and everywhere else that he worked, uh, they're totally different characters. Yes, the same man is portraying them, but Cody Rhodes now, or Cody, um, is a much bigger star. He's a judge on some goofy talent show thing now on TNT, I saw, um, that they promoted. Okay, quick aside. Last week's AEW, all all night they promo, we're going to hear from Cody Rhodes. We're going to hear from Cody Rhodes, or Cody at the end of this show. They don't say Rhodes. We're going to hear from Cody at the end of this show. We're going to hear from Cody. So you're, It was called Breaking News. Breaking News, yes. You were going to hear from Cody. And then it's just him announcing this show with the comedian guy and, you know, a little bit of a bait and switch there, AEW. Not good. Not good. Um, I mean, I'm fine for him promoting the show, but don't play it up like he's going to talk about him coming back, uh, you know, to get Brody Lee or something like that. And then it's just a plug for the game well, show. The first time we've heard about him since Brody Lee laid him out right. is this. Uh, that's not, that's like, uh, that's cringeworthy. Right. Sorry. I think you just put that promo package in the middle of the show. You don't build to it in any way, shape or form. You just put it in and you say, you know, while Cody's out recovering, he he's going to take some time also and do this. You know, we wish Cody the best and we can't wait to see him again. Could have done that just fine. Yeah. The, the prom building to that was, was weak from AEW, but anyways, back to the WWE talent. So let's talk women just for a quick second, massively the other direction here with women. Uh, I only have four women on the roster out of the 20 um, who I would say had some run in WWE and none of them were main featured people in WWE. I mean, the four awesome Kong that's pushing it for her short run. There is karma Brandy Rhodes. Um, she was a ring announcer in NXT uh, Ty Conti, very minimally featured in NXT and uh, with the May young classic a little bit more. And then Ivelisse, who was on Tough Enough. Um, so really almost none of the women's division. Um, and then 16 non-WWE. And out of the featured, um, I have one, Brandy, being the only one who has really any tie to WWE. And then nine uh, who are not WWE. So the women's division, I don't think you can make that argument at all. Uh, the one thing I will say about XWE talent is when you're talking the featured, the third and the two-thirds isn't so bad. When you look at the men's titles... Of the main, of the two singles titles on the men's side, only ex-WWE guys at some level, again, Jericho and Cody, I think, are, are very good, um, have some, what, what do we say, some pushback as to how, you know, they're not straight from WWE into AEW. Um, but no homegrown folks have won those two titles yet. Um, now, I still think MJF will eventually be the one to dethrone John Moxley. Um, I, I don't think Lance Archer is is that guy. Um, by the way, I did not put Lance Archer. You might notice on the WWE roster because or the XWE guy because well, he was there for a short while. Again, yeah. Um, and that's the thing too. I think people are grabbing sometimes. You know, they bring in Billy Gunn um, into that argument. Well, Billy Gunn's listed as a coach on the AEW website. I didn't even put him on the male roster. Yes, he works some dark matches um, with his son. But come on, it's not like they're featuring Billy Gunn as a main star. If they were, okay, you got something to argue about. I just, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, you've got to get eyes, you know, they're running a show on TNT. They're not running, you know, MLW, for instance, doesn't use a lot of XWB talent. Um, they have some, but their show's on BN Sports. Their show's on FUBU Sports Network. Um, you know, they're on YouTube. 
Um, I like MLW, really like what they're doing. Um, but they're not trying to run a weekly show on TNT, on major cable. You're doing that. You've got to have some name value. So you got to have these WWE guys. Um, it depends on how you present them. I think Brody Lee looks better now than he ever did as Luke Harper. Um, I think Cody definitely is a way bigger star. I don't think anybody can argue that. Uh, Matt Cardona? Meh. <laughs> not sure that's going anywhere. They're not all going to be hits. Um, you know, FTR, you know, there's been a little bit of a pushback. We talked about that, I think, last week. Um, thought their match last night. I've, I have seen their match uh, for Wednesday night with with uh, Jurassic Express. Thought it was good. It was fine. Um, was what it needed to be for that that continued story. And Luchasaurus is a star in the making. I know Jungle Boy is too, but holy smokes, Luchasaurus has got a future. Don't know if he can be world champion with that mask on, though. That might be a problem. <laughs> so um, let me ask a question as we're processing this. Yep. And it's, it's, it's a good, uh, yeah, no, I think it's good. I think it's a good topic and I think it's fair. And I think that the numbers that you brought in really help paint a very accurate picture too of the reality. Um, I wonder if the vocal minority, I'm going to call them the vocal minority, are just wanting AEW to be so much of what WWE is not that because you're seeing guys that are visually associated, you can make a visual connection that that's the problem. It's not about presentation. It's not about output in the ring. Um, it's just the, it's, it's the visual. And maybe, and maybe, and maybe that's where people get stuck. And I, I think you're right. And I think they also, um, with that visual presentation, get caught on, you know, if you see, for instance, I'm going to use Cardona as an, as an example here. Oh, that's Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder wasn't really ever pushed as anything in WWE. He had, he, like Rusev Day, you know, got himself over with the whole woo-woo-woo and the internet champion thing. And they didn't do nearly enough with that when they could have. Uh, they gave him the cup of coffee with the one-day intercontinental title reign, which was just kind of, they gave him his WrestleMania moment and then took it right away the next day. Like, don't even give him a shot. See what you got there. I don't know. Um, but you see Ryder come out and and he's, you know, looking like this star on AEW and you're going, that's Zack Ryder. He's not really, you know, that great. It can, I think it can happen with Brody Lee. Um, Cody looks enough different that I think that that helps there. Um, he's not coming out of Stardust, which is what the last WWE people had seen him as. Um, so I, I think there's some of that. But I think those people also give it a check, give it a shot see how AAW is presenting them, see how they're doing in the ring, how do they do as a character, all of that. You know, Luke Harper got very little promo time in WWE. Brody Lee's getting lots of promo time in AEW. Is he any good on the mic? I think he's all right. I think he's pretty good. I think he's getting better and better and better. Um, and the more they've moved away from the tongue-in-cheek uh, little jabs at Vince McMahon with him, I think it's been good for him, too, because stop reminding people he used to work there, too. <laughs> um Occasionally, they get a little too cutesy. We talked about that um, with the pay-per-view, too. But, you know, with Brody, I think they get a little too cutesy sometimes. And, and ha-ha, look, he's better than he was there. Don't even talk about there. Uh, talk about what he's doing right now. And uh, so I think I think that I think you're 100% right. I think the visual of the, oh, these are guys that couldn't cut it in WWE. Could they? Could they not? You know, that's I don't know if that's always fair. Um I think it's an interesting conversation, but I agree with you. Why was Miro the one? Like, it's not like all these other guys weren't already there. Um, and where else did somebody expect him to go? 
like other than New Japan, which again, it seems like now people can fly maybe to Japan for in certain instances since they were able to get Cobb in and and Jay White and and those folks. Other than New Japan, where I, I love MLW, but I think he can do better than MLW. I think he can make more money than MLW. I would love to see him in Ring of Honor. I don't think that's going to make sense. Um, AEW is the place that made sense for him to go. Um, now, be interesting to see. I have not seen uh, if they've done anything more last night with him in in the best man with Kip Sabian. That's an interesting place to bring him in, but I'm willing to let it play out. Let's see what happens. Um, I don't know. It, I agree with you. It's. I think wrestling Twitter can be, it's wrestling fans, right? Um, and sometimes we're our own worst enemy. We just complain about things too much. And we have a whole podcast where we get to complain about things. So, you know, hypocrite here for saying that. But um, I don't know. Some things aren't worth, aren't worth bellyaching over. Enjoy the product you're getting. I haven't given it too much thought yet, but it just hit me when you made the comment there and, and, and revisited my thoughts around Kip Sabian. I, I really hope that what I say doesn't actually bear itself out. But thinking about Miro as Rusev and the issue with Lashley and Lana earlier this year, and if we get something tongue-in-cheek like with Penelope Ford and Miro now and Kip Sabian on the outside – Please don't. Just please don't. That's the lowest hanging fruit. But but again, don't tell me what you've done. Show me what you can do. Right. Right. And if AEW uh, wants to make sure that that's kind of the, the path that they stay on, they're going to be better suited for not creating this disharmony or like the disdain from fans. Right. No, and I 100% agree. And, I, and that will look like a cheap ripoff of WWE. If they do that, uh, I've had the same thought. Um, yeah, don't do it. Just don't do it. Sometimes the lowest hanging fruit is hanging so low because it's rotten. So don't do it. Right. <laughs> don't right. do it. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, now, do I think Miro and Sabian are going to become a tag team and, and rule the tag team roost for the next two years? No. Eventually, Miro is probably going to kick Sabian's head off. Um, but it doesn't have to be because he and Penelope get together, although I have t- the same complete fear you do that that's where we're headed on this. Uh, well, now that we've now that we've potentially talked about a love triangle in AEW, let's switch gears uh, to a completely different presentation. Um, and that's the Ring of Honor Pure Title uh, Tournament. Started this last weekend on Ring of Honor TV. Uh, had a really clean production look, I thought, to it. Um, I really liked they had the names of the two wrestlers who were wrestling with a countdown or a count up clock, I guess. Not really a countdown. It showed you how long the match had been going on. Uh, there were 15 minute time limits, I believe, in the first round. Um, and then it also had the rope breaks uh, listed underneath, which I thought was great because then you don't have Riccoboni and, and Caprice having to constantly remind you, although the rope breaks really didn't play into either of these first two matches. I'm sure they will down the road in, in the tournament. Uh, and I think it was good that they didn't play in right away, you know, kind of introduce the idea, show a couple of rope breaks, work our way into this. Uh, I thought both met. So Jay lethal uh, defeated Dalton castle and Jonathan Gresham defeated Willie or Utah, uh, which I think were picks that both you and I thought were kind of no brainers. Uh, I thought it was a really good show. I thought that the, uh, you and I have both, I think made this comment the little production packages they did before the matches where they had kind of sit down um, 
profiles on each of the guys were great um, and really gave you a sense of why Ring of Honor wrestling is important to them, why wrestling in general is, and why pure wrestling is important to them. Uh, Tom, what do you think of, of week one of the tournament? Yeah, I was I was a real big fan of of the presentation, and I was really surprised. It took about fifteen minutes into that episode before we got actually in ring, mm-hmm. which, if if you were watching it live, depending on when it airs in your market, that might not be the best idea. I DVR'd it, so I was able to watch it in the middle of, middle of an afternoon, and I was very in, intent on watching it. So that was good, but it airs where I live primarily at like 1135 at night. So if I had made the attempt to stay up that late um, and try to watch the show, I, I may have, I may have chose to rest my eyes in that, in that first 15 minutes before the, before the matches even hit the ring. Right. Which, which again, that's, that's me. That's not everybody, but I just think that's, that's something that was an interesting consideration, but they had us at the table. So like, I don't think that's going to happen every single week. Like they had to like literally bring us back in, reintroduce, the concept, the product, and and yes, like you said, it was clean. It was slick. It doesn't look like what you're getting on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays from either of the other two brands, and that's super cool. Uh, and the the presentation looks way better than the PC ever looked. Now, granted, I'm sure it's a bigger arena than the PC is or was, but the way they have the screens and the lighting, it looks cool. That actually even in my opinion, trends a little bit like cleaner, fresher than the Thunderdome. The Thunderdome is a little too busy, and I'm and I'm falling more and more, you know, and I'm not going to say in love, in like with the Thunderdome, but it has its mo- it has its moments that it's also just a lot to digest visually. Again, Ring of Honor wants you to focus on what's happening in the ring, and and they, I think they did a really good job launching that, and I'm excited to see. It appears that the next you know, this is an eight-week kind of run. The remaining seven weeks are going to all be pure matches. So, like when we chatted last week, we said, you know, is there going to need to be a buffer in between match one and match two? It appears not. It appears that again, they're going to do those part of those vignettes, those video packages to to either reintroduce or introduce guys for the first time, uh, and then and then you're going to see them go face to face. The one thing I wasn't a big fan of was the clock. I, I I just I recognize the importance of stating that there's a time limit, but if you've got your announcer giving the cues at, at the five minute marks, five minutes have gone by, ten minutes remain, ten minutes have gone by, five minutes remain. I think that's sufficient. Or or maybe just don't give me that until the last five minutes. Because I don't I don't know I I like match times and I like the 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 factor of how that plays into things. I don't know that I always need to be constantly reminded. Like when I, when we had the beat the clock matches or beat whatever those are on WWE, like that's when that type of scenario makes sense. I, that is just the one small nitpick that I'll make with what Ring of Honor did that just didn't land really well with me. I'm not, I'm not like I'm not totally hating on it, but I could have done without it. Sure. And, and I, I still think we may get some buffer stuff maybe come in the second round um, because they're going to do all these video packages. I don't know if they'll do the packages before matches. Now, you know, when we see Jay lethal take on his next opponent, do we see another package? Um, maybe we'll, maybe we won't. I don't know. There could be some, some room um, for, for some of that. We'll see though, if it plays out again, the cool thing is spoilers haven't gotten out really about um, that show almost at all 
Um, so other than that, it would be, you know, people, res pure wrestling fans would be pretty happy with, with the action in the ring. And, and I think that's true. Um, let's take a peek here, Tom. I'm going to pull the, the banner out and uh, peek here. This coming week, uh, we have uh, David Finley versus Rocky Romero on the block A side. Again, hate that term, whatever. It is what it is. And then uh, Delirious and Matt Seidel uh, over on the block B side. I think that's an interesting one with Matt Seidel having appeared uh, at whatever the world AEW's pay-per-view was that just ran out of my head all out, um, nearly killing himself in the process as we talked about. Although I, I did read online, I don't watch Being the Elite. Do you watch Being the Elite, Tom? I haven't watched it since er early summer, I believe. Okay. They, uh, quick aside here, they had uh, a little skit, I guess, for lack of a better word, in Being the Elite where uh, they showed before All Out uh, Michael Nakazawa got bumped from the Battle Royal for Matt Seidel. And so Nakazawa went out and sprayed oil on the turnbuckle. And so they're using that as the, the excuse as to why Seidel slipped and about brained himself. I, I thought it was, you know, when I read it, I was like, okay, at least they're trying to, you know, make a fun little storyline um, moment out of this. Now, it of course, only works if we get Matt Seidel versus Michael Nakazawa some week, but I digress. Uh, so Finley Romero, Delirious Seidel, the first thing I will say is this lacks the star power of Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham uh, in, and even Dalton Castle in that first episode. Um, I think, um, I, and I, I know we kind of looked at some picks last week. If, if somebody made me make picks this week, I'm going to go David Finley since he had the run in the New Japan USA tournament over Rocky Romero. Um, and I think Seidel is going to be delirious. I, I don't see delirious getting out of round one on this one. What do you, what do you see this weekend, Tom? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I, I actually see delirious beating Seidel, which is weird to say. Because as I saw the Gresham match last week, I thought, wow, okay, so he really had to adapt to Yuta. And I also like to one thing I will pull out is that actually they they referenced that Yuta had had the one win, the lone win in the one matchup that he had with Gresham previously. Why right. not? So they didn't they didn't hype that out or they didn't the announcer didn't extrapolate on that. But the fact that you saw that graphic kind of made me as a viewer tune in a little bit more. And I think so like getting the win was was more interesting. Um but yeah, I thought Gresham delirious and like how unpredictable delirious will be, has been, should be, gives Gresham another like adapt, like style to adapt to. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Um, and then I actually think, I think Romero, I think Romero because of the Ring of Honor history gets the win and faces lethal. So who knows? We We obviously, we have completely different different picks there. So that'll be fun to revisit in a week. Yeah, absolutely. That'll be, be interesting to see. There's no, uh, no pool going on this, no, uh, no side bets or anything going on. So uh, we got enough of those rolling right now. So <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Uh, excited to watch that again uh, this weekend uh, between the G1, the pure title tournament. Uh, there's some good, good wrestling coming up this weekend to watch. So I'm always excited when that's the case. Uh, the and, last me yeah. and last 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 we forget how we started the show football. Absolutely, there's football as well. Um, I again get the Packer game here instead of the Bear game. I live in Nebraska. Why? 
That is why I don't want to watch the Lions again. Sorry, I don't, Tom. Um, I don't want to watch uh, the Lions again. So right. fair. I mean, you're in a Lions market at least, <laughs> so I understand you get them two weeks in a row. Um, but uh, yeah, we we get the Bears are on CBS, but unfortunately, at the same time, I believe the Broncos are, and we're a Broncos and Chiefs market usually out here. So. Uh, I digress. By the way, my red shirt today, not in honor of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, but perhaps in honor of the Wisconsin Badgers with Big Ten football coming back. Uh, maybe there'll be, there you go. Maybe that maybe there'll be a Wisconsin-Michigan game announced uh, soon when that schedule gets released. I, I would think they'll play, but, um, and, but and again, the same side, I, I can't remember the divisions ever, but. They're opposite divisions. Opposite divisions. And, divisions, and right how, how ironic, as I last week or a week prior, you know, said, you know, unless we get Big Ten football, I'm definitely getting the next <laughs> pay-per-view. And then sure enough, it's now shaking out that somehow, some way, Big Ten football is going to be on November 4th, the day of full gear. But we'll see what happens. Who knows? Who knows? Typically, if if, if, if you're thinking of Big Ten football, it's a noon or 3.30 start. So that game should be out of the way before before full gear. Right. Fingers yep. crossed. Be interesting to see. Um yeah, exactly. We could do a whole football podcast too, but we won't, we won't do that for our non-football watching friends uh, or listening friends. Uh, the last topic we wanted to touch on today, though, was uh, Monday night. The eyes of retribution were revealed. Uh, they, the masks, we didn't just see dark silhouetted figures anymore. We actually saw them standing there, five of them and maybe six, um, where we saw the eyes of those individuals. Um, I think at least three of them seem pretty obvious to you and I as to who they were. Uh, I have read online who the other two are rumored to be at least standing there. Um, though, of course, until they unmask, anything is possible. You could change things. Although I think uh, one of the females, especially if you changed her now after her eyes showing up on Monday night, uh, there would be an awful lot of people who'd go, ah, no, 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 no. That's not uh, who you had in there. Uh, what was your thought, Tom? The, the Retribution obviously had a big, uh, they had the promo and then they had the lights go out during the Aleister Black-Kevin Owens match, uh, which Aleister Black has now on Raw Talk accused Kevin Owens of being a part of Retribution, uh, which would make almost no sense according to the promo they cut earlier in the night. Um, but Black's a heel, so he doesn't have to say things that make sense either. I understand. That's fine. Um, and then obviously the big beat down at the end uh, during the McIntyre and Lee match uh, I did read as well online this week that they are going to be uh, exclusive to Raw moving forward, which you and I kind of touched on last week. They haven't been on SmackDown in quite a while. So uh, they're focusing on on Roman Reigns and his situation over there. And Jay Uso getting a world title shot. Holy cow. Different problem for next week to talk about class champions. But thoughts on the eyes of Retribution and, and what you saw Monday night, Tom? Yeah, so I think that, you know, and, and it's well documented based on our previous conversations, uh, our feelings collectively and individually that this was uh, far in church worthy, to say the least, as it started. Um, it stunk. And, and and they're turning it around. They're, they, retribution, the way it's being presented with, the, with, a, with having a logo, an image, uh, a trademark, if you will, uh, and then just the, the progression. The one thing, and, and and I haven't read or seen anything, so I would be interested if there has been or if you saw, the way that the show finished on Monday mm-hmm. and them all being laid out, I want to know what happened next. And I hope there's follow-up on that. Unfortunately, this is WWE, 
And in the attention span that I think that they believe fans have, they won't give us that. But to me, when you have the two guys that you've interfered in the match, lay them out as they were brawling on the outside with the hurt business. Like I almost would expect on raw next week that you really tease retribution in the ring versus the weird combination of the hurt business, Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre. Right. That would just like, that would like, that's a kind of one-on-one what I would kind of expect. It doesn't make sense on paper, but it does make sense in terms of like how raw finished. Um, we're getting off kind of the whole eyes of retribution, so I apologize because I'm kind of summarizing what what all went down. But but it comes back to the point of I appreciate the progression that they've given us with this slow reveal. It's definitely a lot better than we're than we have a, someone with a chainsaw chopping ropes on SmackDown and celebrating like they won the World Series. Uh, <laughs> and and again, I think the the eyes being revealed of the of those people that were there give us as fans a sense of maybe thinking we know or definitely knowing who who is going to make up this group. So I'm eager to see that play out. Um, I think when you see how Keith Lee got involved on Monday uh, and you know the history of potentially one of the people whose eyes you saw, uh, there's history there. So that's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I hope that that's not something that's lost as this continues to Un, unroll itself, uh, uh, you know, or unpack itself, uh, is 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 you know what their motivation is, any of their past connections, and how those play into what they do going forward. And actually, there's there's two uh, tentacles that kind of reach towards Keith Lee there from Retribution. Uh, with we'll just name it, uh, Dominic Dijakovic appears to be uh, the taller male figure. Uh, who spoke on Monday? Uh, he was clearly that person. Um, just the his cadence and, and the way he held himself and everything as Dijakovic. Um, and uh, well, Mercedes Martinez seems to be the female who spoke. The other female who was standing there very clearly, at least to you and I, was Mia Yim, uh, who Mia Yim and Keith Lee are a real life couple, I believe, um, and also were portrayed um, as such in NXT not all that long ago. Um, and the way that NXT is now with it being on USA, you can't just totally ignore what somebody's done in NXT either. Um, when they come to Raw or SmackDown, at least I don't think you can, unless you totally repackage them, which Yim is, this would be a total repackage, certainly, to put her in retribution. Um, unless once they're unmasked, she just comes out in her same, you know, head baddie in charge um, gear, which totally could happen too. Um, I, I agree with you. This thing started off really hokey, cheesy, terrible. Um, you and I both felt the same way. We talked about how my brother hated it so much. Um, it has turned the corner and gotten better. Um, I, part, I don't like, you know, for instance, at the end of Raw, when there were 20 of them, of Retribution members, you're not going to unmask 20 people. We all know that. It's going to be kind of the five, or it seemed like a sixth person stepped into that shot um, you and I talked about this a little bit before we started uh, recording. A sixth person stepped into that shot, and then some more people showed up. But um, that sixth person stepped in on their own. So is there six main people? You know, they haven't really defined how many there are with Retribution. Sometimes there are five, six. Um, other times there are 20, 30. Uh, so 
you know, this gets into Dark Order minion territory. I know I've used that analogy before. Um, so that's the part that I'm like, meh. Um, if it's going to be a faction and a group, then tell me how many people are in it. Um, or, or if you add to it along the way, that's fine. Don't go NWO style and add everybody to it, you know, in the end. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. And, and my fear, too, is don't do what they do with so many factions, which is you'll have one guy, let's say, I'm just going to use Dijakovic as an example. You have Dijakovic as the leader, and he wins most of his matches. But the other two guys, um, whether they remain as the two that were said to be under those masks on Monday night or, or somebody else, you know, they're the guys who lose every match. Um, and, and, uh, or even worse, we, I mentioned this before we started recording. I think if you do add a Kevin Owens or a Miz or, uh, which has also been hinted at, although if they're going to stay on raw, you know, maybe the Miz thing just kind of gets dropped and ended. Um, or you even had suggested Drew McIntyre at one point, um, which I think would have been very interesting back at SummerSlam. Seems like maybe not the way they're going to go now, because why would they beat up their leader, right? Although, was it a red herring? Maybe they didn't. I don't well, know. I, I felt <laughs> the same way about Keith Lee on Monday. Now, I don't know. Right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel incredibly strong like that, but I, I just, I keep, it keeps me guessing. And maybe I'm way off the mark. But, like, I go, gosh, like, yeah, like, right. it's, it's the, what comes next. And, you know, so right. it's, I'm, I'm actually more interested in what comes next now for retribution than I was at any time previous. The last couple I, weeks have given me that. Yep, and I was going to say that, that, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing that they've got us wondering um, about that. So I, they've got to keep them strong, though. You know, I go back to the, the Nexus. They came in, the Nexus just wrecked stuff. It was one of the more memorable angles in Raw history, and they never really followed up on that well. Um, hopefully, Retribution doesn't become that, um, because I think of the people who they have right now that seem to be a part of that Dijakovic and, and Mercedes and uh, Mia Yim and perhaps uh, the other two names that were rumored were Dio Madden uh, who used to be on the raw broadcast team for a short while. Uh, he's a big dude as well. Uh, and then Shane Thorne uh, used to be part of the mighty don't kneel uh, TM TMDK. Yeah. Or, or what were they in annex DT TM six one. Yeah. TM six one. Um, you know, now those guys could be changed. Heck, Dijakovic, Yim, or Mercedes could be changed, although Mercedes' eyes were very reminiscent. Um, so uh, that would be the one that I would say would be tough to change now. But um, keep them strong, because all of those people... I haven't seen Madden in the ring, um, other than he was in Raw Underground a couple of weeks back, real briefly. Um, so I haven't really seen him work a lot in the ring. I don't know anything about him. But the other guys are are all good. Other guys and gals are all good in the ring. So keep them strong. If you're going to do that, um, it'll be interesting to see. I think we're getting closer to the unmasking. Um, I think the fact that they, they did show their eyes was telling in that respect. Um, you made the, the point too, before we recorded uh, during the beatdown at the end of raw, there was one, one of the other minions uh, who darn near seemed to lose his mask. I mean, he was almost full face shown. Um, I don't think it was any of, of the guys I just mentioned. Um, probably was random indie or not indie, but random performance center trainee, you know, number four, two, three, but um, yeah, darn near had a, as you called it, a mask malfunction. Um, so speaking of which, so I need to go totally off topic for one moment. That just reminded me of something I wanted to say. 
I, I need to go back to AEW for a second. Well, let's, re- let's wrap up Retribution, and then I'll touch on my AEW thing. And well, I think we're good on Retribution, unless you have anything else to say. I actually want to touch on one more thing on Raw. I know we don't have a banner for this if you're watching on YouTube. Um, did you have anything good. else on, on Retribution? Uh, no, I think I'm nope. good on Retribution. Okay. My my other thing, and again, we could, we could have ended on a real, real high note. Um, and we might still, but I'm going to take us away from that. <laughs> I'm going to take us away from that because I want to revisit what in the world are we experiencing with Raw Underground? What? Like, just give me something to care about. I can't make heads or tails of Raw Underground week in and week out. And it appears we're actually building to something now. But I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Like... Oh, help and, me. Is, is it any better for you? Like No, no, it's not. Um, Dolph Ziggler can't win a match on Raw, basically. Now he's on the, the announce team, which where was Samoa Joe? That was interesting. Um, we, we had both Samoa Joe and uh, Tom Phillips not there on Monday night. Um, if they if they said where they were, I missed it, uh, which is I, totally I possible. I might have said like a scheduled absence or something. Maybe not absence, but a scheduled time off or something, which is weird. Like you don't have – that's not a term that they've used in the past. Right. So and Honestly, it, it made me think COVID. It just did. Um, and they're not going to say that. They can't or they shouldn't. Um, funny thing about HIPAA, HIPAA actually protects you from healthcare facilities for sharing your, your info. Somebody else sharing it isn't really a HIPAA violation. It's just a moral violation. Um, so maybe maybe it was something like that. Um, so you had Dolph Ziggler, though, who looks like a world beater in Raw Underground, but they don't transfer that into anything. Um, you know, Eric gets beat, um, which, what are you doing there? Um, and, and I did like that at least Eric is not going to be totally forgotten on Raw while Ivar is out. Um, although he got tapped, but whatever. He tapped at Bobby Lashley. I, I can live with that. But on the Raw Underground thing, then you have Braun Strowman come in and just tear everybody up. And now you, you're building to next week, per, uh, apparently. Now they've announced Raw Underground matches that haven't happened the next week after they've announced them before. But you're going to Braun Strowman, Dabakato. If you have Braun Strowman knock out Dabakato in like 10 seconds, you are stupid. <laughs> the only thing they've done in Raw Underground that's made me even slightly interested is Dabakato. He's, he's come off, you know, as a badass. Um, I like that he stepped up to Braun Strowman. He's got to knock out Braun Strowman or Braun Strowman has to feel his power and then go, all right, I'm out of here. Screw this. This isn't worth my time. He's a heel. He can do that. Um, you know, this isn't fair whatever. Um, they got to be real careful what they do with that. But I agree with you outside of that. There was some talk of adding a Raw Underground title at one point. Don't add one more belt. There are 4,000 belts in WWE right now. Like, everybody and their sister has a title. Well, and if you do give me a title, us a title, the 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 the, the Underground title, I need to know what your what, what rules define the title. Like, like Shane McMahon, you, you, should be, you should be cool. You should be hip. You try. You, you clearly are pretty successful in other areas but you're not it doesn't make sense here when you say anything goes in raw underground and 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 people just start throwing fists and then and then they fall through the outside of the ring oh we gotta get out of here no i don't want to get out of here that's un, that's unsatisfying like like why do i care so totally agreed and and they also don't define well um 
and this comes maybe from my scoring of an of a fantasy wrestling league, but they don't define well what's a match. Like yeah, yeah. Sometimes guys just get in the ring and they beat it and then they walk, run away and there's no bell. Sometimes there's a bell. If there maybe there's a tap out, maybe there's a knockout. We haven't really seen many knockouts since early on. Although Dolph had the elbow thing, you know, dropping elbows on a guy this week. Um, yeah, I agree. Well, they they have been doing this now for five or six weeks. I think so. Um, and as of yet, well, they start, they started that the same week Retribution debuted. I think. Okay, I wanted to say it sounds it felt close to me, which is yep, like, which is why when we were talking about Retribution, right? So when we were talking about Retribution, how it's it's turned the corner at least for now in in in, in what we would I think agree is a positive direction. Raw Underground, they're. I feel like they're doggy paddling, trying to keep their head above water. And I don't think they're succeeding in it right now. No, throw them a life raft, please. And, right. and, and that At least it's only in one hour. At least they're not doing you know raw underground segments all three hours. Right, and that life raft is not Braun Strowman. I'm sorry. No, clearly he was the one uh, you know de pushed out of the situation with Roman Reigns, the Fiend, and himself. Um, I mean, he got beat by both the Fiend and Roman Reigns within the course of a week. So. And now he's at Raw Underground fighting a virtual unknown, to be fair. Um, but, and that's my only thing. He's a virtual unknown who could be something. So don't just destroy him to Braun Strowman. Please don't do that. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that'll be fun to talk about next week. One way yes. or the other. Right. Exactly. Uh, the last thing I just, I got to say this. So mask malfunction made me think of this. Jr. A week ago, I think, or it might have even been it all out, Anna Jay got involved in one of the Dark Order's matches because she's obviously a member of the Dark Order now. And so I, I, Brody or Grayson or Uno or somebody like picked her up and to like remove her from the situation. And JR said, Did Anna Jay just have a wardrobe malfunction or was I just, or was that just wishful thinking on my part? And he's done this a number of times in AEW where he's just making these, excuse me for saying it, a horny old man comments about the women in, in AEW. One of the things that AEW is trying to present, I think, in their women's division, and WWE has also been trying to present in their women's division over the last number of years, is that the women are athletes. Yes, they're beautiful women, um, but they are beautiful women who are incredible athletes. And that has been the focus of women's wrestling versus, to be fair to JR, the Attitude Era, which JR was a huge part of, which was all about DNA and puppies and Jerry Lawler yelling all his, you know, horny old man things. Somebody has got to stop JR from doing this. In this day and age of the Me Too movement and, and people being much more aware about what we say, um, and I think that's a good thing. Um, Anna Jay is a 21, 22-year-old young lady. Uh, she's a beautiful lady. She is, sure. <sighs> I don't need a 68, what a 70, whatever he is, your old man, or any man for that matter, but especially an older man like this, um, saying he's hoping that she'll have a wardrobe malfunction. Like, just stop, JR. Well, stop. And you're you're going to alienate your fans right. if you if you go down that path. Subsequently, you are promoting as well an inclusive group to try to 
to put a focus on or give attention to female wrestling fans. Uh, you can't do both. I mean, you, again, you, you, they are doing both, obviously, but like you're, you're, you're spiting that, that effort of trying to be inclusive to women as fans when you make comments like this. Whether they and, catch him and it's not the first time. Right. And it's not the first time. Um, he, he also, his Twitter sometimes um, comes off a little creepy. Um, now, yes, you know, okay, women post a bikini picture, whatever. You don't have to comment. And you don't have to make a creepy comment, even if you do comment. Um, so, like, I don't know. Um, it just, it bugged me when I heard it and I've been meaning to say something and I think I meant to say something last week and it just never kind of came up. And when you said, when we talked about the mask malfunction with the retribution, the word malfunction clicked with me. I just, yeah, it's not a good look. Tony Khan needs to be in JR's ear and let him know that, look, well, I, you know, I think Khan sometimes, um, I like a lot of what he's doing in running AEW, but he, I almost feel like he fanboys a little bit sometimes and like, JR is great. JR is the greatest announcer of all time, so I'm going to let JR do his thing. Most of the time, I think that's okay. You know, JR missing a move or, or calling somebody the wrong name or whatever. Look, every announcer does that. Um, sports announcers do that. I can't tell you the number of times that I've watched a football game and they tell me the wrong guy scored the touchdown until he turns around and you see his number and you go, oh, never mind. Um, that was actually this wide receiver, not that guy. It happens. Yeah, if I get Dick Stockton on another call this year, like, I know you didn't watch much of the Lions game and be thankful that you didn't. And again, Dick Stockton's much older than JR. This isn't pick on announcer segment, but I am. I, I was texting my buddy who we couldn't get together because they have a, a, a son in protective quarantine because there was a COVID outbreak at a school since we were turning in person and we wanted to watch the game together and it didn't come to be. And I go, if Dick Stockton mispronounces or misnames one more player, I'm going to mute my TV. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes, you can't be mad. He goes, the dude's like 90. I go, no, I can't be mad. Like Fox is putting him on the air and, and AEW is putting JR on the air. So again, right. like I, I, circling back around to the point being made, you, you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be willing to be consistent, right? So don't suspend talents for their discretions of the past and then allow JR to make comments like that in modern times. Right. Right. And, and people can say, oh, you know, Guevara's, you know, Guevara's comment was abhorrent. I'm not even going to repeat it because it was, it was terrible. Um, and I understand it was a young guy, you know, being stupid. Um, I was young. I don't think I ever made that phrase, said that phrase about any female. Um, have I said things in the past that I would not be proud of? Absolutely. I, I will own that 100%. Never, never said that. Pretty sure of that. Um, but be better. Like we're all trying to be better. It's not that hard to not, you know, if you want to say Anna Jay is a beautiful woman. Okay. I can live with that. Um, but don't say that you as a 70, whatever year old man are hoping she has a wardrobe malfunction. That's just I, creepy. And, and frankly, if uh, you know, if they had a young hip announcer, which yeah, they don't <laughs> in AEW right now, um, Excalibur is the youngest and, and he's probably our age. Um, if not older, a little older. Um, Actually, he would be a little older because he was wrestling when I was younger than that. Um, you know, if he said it, I would I would take exception to it as well. Or if somebody young and hip said it too. Um, it's not because of JR's age. I just, yeah, stop it. Um, if you're bad at calling wrestling, that's one thing. But you don't have to be creepy too. So, 
and I'm not saying he's bad at color wrestling. Nobody, nobody hashtag JR on this and, and tell him I said that. Um, like he gives a crap. But <laughs> just my thought. Happier ways to finish this out, um, because that was a you know bummer of a <laughs> last topic. Um, looking ahead, let's look we ahead a little bit. Downward now. hard and fast. Yes, yes, we did. So let's and, let's try to pull the nose on this thing. Yeah, a little bit. well, yeah, and on that note, speaking of things that you you know things you've said in the past that you weren't really proud of, it's a good segue to talk about next week. Pickums. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, hey, Tom. Uh, <laughs> Yes, I am now proud of my pickups record. Uh, hopefully, that can start uh, shifting when I pick Jey Uso to win the Universal Title next week. Um, no, I'm gonna tell you right now. As Paul Heyman would say, that's a spoiler. I'm not doing that. Um, I actually, well, that's. I will talk about that next week. I just had a thought about where I think that might lead, and yeah, it'd be great for next week's preview. Uh, next week, we are going to preview Clash of Champions. As of right now, I think there's like four matches announced. Um, I expect more throughout the week uh, since every title will be defended. Uh, there should be 426 matches on that card. <laughs> um, but uh, also we may be able to touch on next week. Uh, NXT UK returns today, um, this afternoon, um, actually on WWE Network, uh, which uh, maybe I'll get a chance to watch before my trivia night tonight that I lead. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Uh, fun fact on the trivia night, Tom. Uh, I have a pro wrestling topic this week that was picked by one of my teams. Um, so 11 questions on pro wrestling. I think you would do very, very well at the 11 questions. Um, for the most part, uh, the teams that I've had this week have not done very, very well on them. Uh, but I, I tried to keep it real even. But maybe we'll introduce a trivia segment next week, too. And I'll, I'll give Tom random trivia questions about wrestling. It'll be good. Um, <laughs> Tom, you keep beating me at pickums. We're going to find something I can beat you at. <laughs> 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 so we will preview Clash of Champions next week. I'm sure we'll touch on the G1 and Ring of Honor Pure title as well. Uh, like I said, maybe touch on U the UK returning. I'm, uh, they've got a tournament as well starting on this show uh, with the Heritage Cup uh, starting there too. So tournaments galore. Love, love tournaments. So I can tell you right now, I had fallen off watching the UK show um, quite a while before they went on hiatus. Uh you know, they did the right thing. As far as I'm concerned here, coming back, they put a tournament in, uh, which gives you a reason to want to tune in. Um, and it's worked for me. I'm looking forward to to tuning in and catching that and, and watching that tournament. So smart for them to give some purpose to their return right away um, as well. So we've got that coming. There's a takeover coming in a couple of weeks. Uh, neither of us have seen NXT this week. So I assume the build to that begins in earnest uh, because they've only got about three, two weeks to get that done, two to three shows here to get that done. Um, you know, wouldn't have killed them to announce it a week or two before. Um, even though, yes, they were working on the whole getting a new champion, you could still say there's a takeover coming. We know the champion will probably defend a takeover. We'll figure that out along the way. But anyways, they did what they did. So uh, lots of things to look forward to as we keep moving forward. Uh, guys, if you get a chance on whatever pl podcast platform you're, you're on, we're on Spotify, we're on Google, we're on Apple, uh, we're on a bunch of other ones that I've never heard of, which is great. Um, we're also on YouTube. Uh, this does stream live as we record it on YouTube, but we never exactly know when that is, so we don't really promote it. <laughs> but uh, we land on YouTube as well. Uh, like us, subscribe, rate, review, all of that fun stuff. It helps us in the algorithms. Share us with your friends. If you got friends who are wrestling fans, tell them about Two Spot Monkeys. Um, just let them know that we're here and we're having fun doing this. So, Tom, anything else you want to add before we uh, sign off? 
No, I'm good. I mean, this was fun. I can't wait for next week. Lots of wrestling to uh, to digest between now and then. I'm going to need a couple more days between now and then. <laughs> the 10-day the, the week, not the 7-day week, the 10-day week. <laughs> right. Amen to that. But uh, enjoy the wrestling that you do consume this week, whatever that is, folks. And uh, we'll be back again next week with more Two Spot Monkeys. Have a great week, everyone.